Hello, and welcome to Awesome Leaders, Lessons for Food Business Success. This is a podcast aimed at supporting the development and growth of women-owned food and beverage processing businesses in the Canadian prairies. Our guests include industry experts as well as food and beverage entrepreneurs to provide knowledge, real-world examples, and inspiration. My name is Bailey Gervais, and on behalf of the Awesome Program, I'll be your host today. This is the first official episode of Awesome Leaders in podcast form, and myself and the team at Awesome are so excited to be launching this new format. We hope you find it helpful, engaging, and convenient for fitting into your busy work-life schedule. I must admit, podcasting is completely new to me, but I'm excited for the challenge and for the opportunity to converse with these experts and entrepreneurs. You and I will both be highly aware of how many times we say awesome by the end of this, and we're just going to have to be okay with that. Our first podcast guest, we have the honor of speaking with Daria Malin. Daria is the owner of Boost Strategic Coaching and the author of Hands-On Marketing, Small Business Owner's Guide to Advertising and Branding. Previously, she had over 20 years experience in media sales and became aware of a missing foundation in sales. She went out in search of answers and in the process formulated her own signature approach to sales and marketing that is functional and streamlined. Daria has helped companies across Canada save hundreds of thousands of dollars in misdirected marketing efforts, She is a strategic advisor to business owners and professionals in the areas of business development, branding, and advertising. She motivates and empowers success. I have had the pleasure of hearing her speak a few times, and the sessions are always super informative and motivating and send you away with some clarity and action plan for your next big goals. Today, Daria is going to be sharing her expertise on the importance of clear and concise messaging that's tailored to the different relationships that are key to your business for sales and in other areas as well. So without further ado, welcome Daria. Thank you. It is an honor for me to be the first podcast guest for your brand new show. So thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Yes, it's a it's a great get for us to have you sharing your content to launch this new project. So we're very excited to talk to you today. To get us started, Daria, why don't you just give us your own framing on the topic that we're going to be discussing today. Sounds good. Yeah. It's been, um, I've had the opportunity to join both of the awesome program groups that have happened already. And we focus when we get together on figuring out who you need to be communicating with, who all those key stakeholders are in your business and what they need to be hearing from you. And I mean, the context behind it as food producers you didn't necessarily go to school to learn sales or marketing or business development or, you know, referral building or all those things that are tools you need in a business. Um, but without mm-hmm. um, effective communication with those stakeholders, you don't get the opportunities that your business needs. So we right. do spend a lot of time together focusing on this topic. It's who is it that you need to be communicating with everyone from your you know, grocery store managers to suppliers to even the people who ultimately buy your products, they all need to hear something from you, but they all need to hear different Mm -hmm. things from you. They don't, you know, the same message doesn't apply across the board. So that's the context. And that's why that's a really important piece for each uh, business owner and producer to figure out for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when we think about 
communications or marketing and your messaging, it's you think about talking to your customers, which obviously is important. Yeah. But there's a lot of other important conversations that you have to have. And it's not just always the end customer that you have to have in mind. It's all the different people and they don't always need the same thing. So exactly. Yeah. um, That's great. So you kind of have a, a formula for this is your first and second step of your method. Yeah. So I walk, yeah, I walk all of my clients through four fundamental steps. And the first one is deciding who your target audiences are for all of your communications. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't know who we are trying to reach, then I guess if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. <laughs> yeah. So, so we first think, who is it we need to communicate with? And in the case of producers, you know, it's everyone from your grocery managers to your, like I said, your suppliers, your investors, your lenders, it's like, who is going to have influence over your business succeeding? And so for the exercise that I want everybody listening to work through, if they haven't already, is first of all, do a big brainstorming list of all the people that you know you need to communicate with in your business. Um, And so do that first, and then circle the top three that stand out to you as the most important right now. Because if we tried to do this uh, this exercise for everyone all at once, it's overwhelming. But if we can start yeah. with our top three, then we can build all of the tools for communications for each of those three. So if you have marketing that you do for the product so that people look for it on the shelves, walk into the stores and and recognize it, either seek it out or at least recognize it when they see it, then your end users are going to be definitely one of your target audiences for this exercise. Um, If you're trying to get into grocery stores right now or bigger grocery stores or different provinces, you know, then then your actual, you know, grocery store manager or even department manager is going to be potentially on that list. Um, If you're still struggling to get suppliers on board who are consistent, trustworthy, you know, big enough, all those different types of things, you know, that might be one of the, that might be on the list for you. So you pick your top Mm -hmm. three. And then once you've done that, the second step is to figure out what matters to each of them about what you're saying. So like you said, Bailey, often we think of the end user marketing, like this is my product. It's really great. It's nutritious or it's locally grown or all of those things that end users will be looking for. But that's not necessarily what the suppliers care most about. It's not necessarily what the grocery store managers care most about. And so step two would be spend some time with each of your three target audiences and point form list what is most important to each of them. So if you're going into a grocery store, they want to know what, how big um, of a order they, that you can fill, what's your turnaround time, shelf life, you know, how popular yeah. the product's been, how it's different from the other products that might be on that same shelf. So those are the kinds of things you'll brainstorm for that group. But when you're thinking of, mm-hmm. you know, well, it could be your investors or your lenders, you might be thinking things like, you know, this is my solid business plan. This is our projections. These, you know, I understand this and I have experts lined up who are supporting my business so that 
you know that I am a, a solid investment. They'll also want to know competitive analysis. You know, they'll want to know what else is out there. You know, they might want to know why you started the business, where you saw the opportunity and what success you've had so far. So that's a completely different list than what your grocery store manager might need to hear. And it's a completely different list than the end user and what they would need to hear. So that's essentially the, the two, the first two steps, because once you've figured out sort of who you're fishing for, your target audiences, then you figure mm-hmm. out what your bait, what bait you're going to use, which is the messaging that's going to be compelling to them. Then you can figure out where to go fishing and what to do when you get there, right? Usually people jump right to tactics. They just start making phone calls or they just start posting social media posts. You know, um, often people call that, I often call that um, random acts of marketing. (laughs) You know, most (laughs) people probably feel like they've been guilty of random acts of marketing in the past. And that's because if you don't start with a strategy, then you're just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, you know? So so figuring out who your key stakeholders are and what the, they need to hear from you, then you can start thinking, where should I go to find them? You know, what social platforms mm-hmm. should I be on? What should I say when I get there? Or who should I be reaching out to? Which trade shows should I be going to? What watering holes should I go to? Where are people hanging out that I need to talk to? I love that random acts of marketing term. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. great. And so true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, I know I need to do something. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's hard to know where to start. And sometimes just having, even if you just start with these three and, and then that kind of gets you working in that mindset and then mm-hmm. you can apply these lessons to more groups that you need to interact yeah. with as well. So exactly. So, yeah. I mean, it, starting and building a business is overwhelming. And so all of the mm-hmm. things I want to offer tr- the, the goal is to simplify, you know, you can't do everything all at once. You know, how, what somebody said to me recently, um, how do you eat an elephant? Like one bite at a time or something like that. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but yes, it's something like that. Exactly. Um, and so, yes, if you can just fo- know that during your business development time, when you're marketing time, you just have to focus on these three first set of stakeholders, then you go, okay, I can handle that. That's not overwhelming. And so you, you know, focus on those, like you said, and then when they're running smoothly, then you can kind of apply that same um, mm-hmm. pro- process and strategy to others. Yeah. So I know um, that it can be tempting to share all the great things about your business to mm-hmm. anyone that you're talking to, but what are your tips for narrowing down your messaging to mm-hmm. certain groups? Yeah, that's a great question. So yes, we, first of all, we know so much about our business that we have so much we could say. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's hard to read the label from inside the bottle. It's hard to figure out what of all the things we could tell somebody, which parts should we tell them? But we've also met people where, you know, you meet them at an event and you ask what they do for a living and then they talk for 15 minutes about it and it's too much too yeah. soon, you know? And so much, yeah. you always lead with what's, what's in it for the person you're talking to. What main problem do you solve for that person and lead with that? So if you're talking to the end user, you're not talking about necessarily, you're not leading with your process and your history and how many years in business and how friendly and courteous you are. You're saying, you know, this is a good alternative for your 
you know, for your ingredient list because of all these health benefits, or this is more exciting, or you're a foodie and this ingredient will add the zest that you're missing. Or so you think what's in it for them and you lead with that. I was just speaking with a producer last week and he was, he had decided he wanted to start advertising that he does delivery. But I said, well, you haven't even talked about why people should buy your product in the first place. So they don't care yet that you'll deliver it (laughs) if they don't actually have, if they're not even convinced that they want it because you've never told them about the actual product itself. You know, this one happened to have a lot of, you know, vitamins and nutrients and, and health benefits that should, should, that people do care about. Um, But they, but he hadn't really focused on that. So start with why you know, start with the why, and then you can fill in the what a little bit at a time. So, you know, good marketing strategy on, in general, say, so social media is an easy one to talk about just because everybody feels like they need to do a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was in radio advertising, we used to say one thought, one spot. So really each ad or each post should really focus on only one thing. Okay. And look at your year of marketing and think of it like a hardcover book your brand message and your say tagline could be the front and back cover but then you're going to tell your story to the market one chapter at a time you know so you're focusing on the main why for them and then you can certainly Mm -hmm. pepper in here's the story behind our business this is the family that is building this business because that adds to the care value if people feel like they know you they care more about what you're doing Um, but those are all little chapters in your story. Don't feel like you have to tell it all at once. Same thing with your other, like your suppliers, what's in it for them. They know you're going to pay them on time. For example, they know that they're going to have a certain volume of orders from you each month. Those are the kinds of things they care about. So focus on that in your messaging to them. And then the exercise I walk through with my clients to actually create that messaging, we actually for each of your three chosen audiences, we actually answer three specific questions. And the questions are, what do we do? Why does it matter? And who should care? What do we do? Why does it matter? And who should care? So if you can answer those questions for each of your three audiences, that becomes your ultimate story to them, your message. Your brand is the conversation people have about you when you're not in the room. That's, that's what your brand mm-hmm. is. People often think your brand is your logo, your colors, all of those, you know, fi- physical ver- or visual pieces. Those are all brand yeah. elements and they're important, but your brand, your actual brand is what's being told about you when you're not in the room. And so you creating messaging for your audiences is you deciding what you want that brand to be, deciding what you want to be known for. So mm-hmm. I can go through quickly what you, how you'd answer each of those three questions. Sure. That would be, yeah, that would be really great. Yeah. So, so what do I do or what do we do? You have to say the actual fact. What is it that you sell? Is it, you know, greens that are locally grown in the city? Or is it, you know, locally milled flour? Or is it flavored honey? Or what is it? It's, you know, don't just say we provide nutritious um, lifestyles to the prairie provinces. Well, that could be, that could be almost anything that could be a diet plan. That could be, it's gotta be more specific. Yeah. Be specific on the thing you're selling. That's what do you do? Why does it matter? That is the why. 
That's the why for that specific audience. So you'd go back to the point form list you made for each of your three markets and you would pick mm-hmm. out what really what motivates them to care. So is it that you pay on time and that you'd have a high volume of consistent orders monthly or that they could grow with you? You know, that what that's the mm-hmm. why does it matter? So, um, you know, it's, you know, why does it matter? Because you want interesting, nutritious, I keep saying nutritious. I know that's not all the things everybody's going to say. It's just top of mind for me right now. But you might say you want quick, easy um, meals that uh, that your kids actually will eat or, you know. So why does it matter? It's not about you. It's about the audience. Why does it mm-hmm. matter? Because you want a variety on your shelves in this department that um, people are seeking out because we're already doing marketing to them or, you know, it's a new alternative that is mm-hmm. taking off or whatever. So why does it matter? Right. That's all about the audience and their main why. Who should care? You're going to name that target market in that sentence. So who should care are suppliers who want to support and grow with local producers who they can trust and um, they believe in their product or something like that. So think okay. who should care, name that niche. You know, I, I um, could think of somebody who produces, say, whole wheat flour. And they might say who should care, you know, um, mature professionals who are starting to do their own cooking again and want to bring in top quality ingredients. You know, that's who should care if that's that's their main target market for their end user. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So what do I do? Why does it matter who should care? You're going to answer those for each of your three niches so your, your target audiences. And then Mm -hmm. you're going to make sure that you narrow it down to a good concise set of three sentences because we want to then memorize these because then when we're talking, so say you get a meeting with a new grocery chain, you want to be able to say this when you walk in the room or get, work it into conversation. Mm -hmm. It kind of, it sort of replaces that 30 second elevator pitch. Yeah. I was thinking it's along the similar lines. It is. Yeah. The difference though, with the elevator pitch is often you assume you have to write one for your whole business, no matter who you're talking mm-hmm. to. It's the same. And that's where it gets overwhelming because you feel like, how could I possibly tell everyone who needs to know everything about my business all in 30 seconds, you know? So we, we yeah. specify it to the three main audiences. And when we're going to talk to that specific audience, we know which messaging we're going to get across because we're leading with their why. Yeah. And then it intrigues them, brings them in. Probably then they can ask more probing questions after that. Well, I like to think of it like any messaging like this, it's your first date, not your marriage proposal. Mm -hmm. So your marketing should be the why. And then they, that brings them into care enough to ask what and how, you know, if you can get them on the why, then they'll say, tell me more and where can I buy this or tell me more and when can we hear more about your business? Okay. Um, So when we can get them down to three sentences and memorize them, then it eliminates that nervousness. You know, a lot of people, especially people who've gotten into business because they have a great product, they aren't necessarily huge on networking. They don't want to cold call. (laughs) They don't want it, right? Like the reach outs make you feel yucky because it's not in your background and skill set or history. So knowing that you're going to say something that's going to be concise and compelling because you've worked on it ahead of time can eliminate a lot of those Mm -hmm. nerves to pick up the phone and make the call or to go to that reception at that conference or that trade show and shake some hands because 
you know what you're going to say when they ask the question. So tell me, what do you do or what's your business? You don't make it up every time. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's great. And three sentences, that's not bad to mm-hmm. memorize. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the, what do you do should be fairly similar across the board. You don't have to say it differently to each of the three groups. Cause what do you do? We make and produce yeah. this specific thing. It's the, why does it matter? Yeah. And the, who should care that should be different for each of your um, target markets or target audiences. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, that makes a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. I know when I've heard this message from you in the past, I've kind of applied it to whether it's um, my own business or even just working with Awesome on how to communicate with our members and starting mm-hmm. to think about, you know, the different relationships even even within a workplace. It seems mm-hmm. very applicable and very helpful to kind yeah. of try and think of, okay, why does it matter to this person? So yeah, I really, I really like it. Yeah. Um, Well, and you know, when I've spoke, like when, when you have a group that's not all just business owners, a lot mm -hmm. of times it's employees who are working within an organization. You can apply this to your career path. You can say who Mm -hmm. internally or externally do I need to influence? Is it your managers, your coworkers and your company's suppliers? You know, then yeah. you think, what what do they need to know about you? And if, if it's getting across to them that you want to do big projects or you want to be, you know, considered for this next promotion, you know, that you can start building messaging for those internal group mm-hmm. mar- mar- target audiences. Exactly. It doesn't just have to be for external. Yeah. Super helpful for mm-hmm. lots of things. You mentioned that the random acts of marketing is a bit of a... Mm-hmm like a stumbling block for producers or business owners. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have, have you noticed any other like mistakes that people are making or lessons mm-hmm. that they should maybe be aware of ahead of time? For sure. Well, I mean, everyone's juggling a zillion things. They're wearing so mm-hmm. many hats. If you're a business owner, you are, the probably possibly the maker, you're the marketer, you're the producer, you're the HR department, you're the admin department, right? So it's easy to get distracted and sidetracked. But one of the biggest mistakes you can make in your marketing is sort of that, that inconsistency where you do a whole bunch for a little while, and then you forget about it for six months. So I would say, the idea of building consistency and top of mind awareness for those key groups that you're trying to communicate with is a huge, it's a huge deal. If you decide you're going to do some online marketing and this isn't right for everybody, if you're just selling through suppliers and, and getting on shelves and things, you don't necessarily have to do a lot of your own marketing, but most people do because they want people to seek them out when they get mm-hmm. to these, even if they're they're on shelves, right? And yeah. some of them want to sell direct and things like that too. So whatever you choose to do, think, can I do this 12 months of the year? How can, how can I do this 12 months of the year? Because yeah. let's use the end user as an example. They don't care as much as you do about your business, you know, not because <laughs> they're mean, but because they have a million choices and they have habits as to what they buy right now. So yeah. They need to hear about you for a long time before they may make that decision to buy you. It's just, it's human nature. We have our habits or we think, oh, that'd be a really great idea. I should order that online sometime. Or, you know, I've been meaning to try this thing. But I mean, if you've heard anything about marketing, you'll often hear people need to 
They need to hear about your business three to seven to 10 times. I don't know what the actual number is before they take action. Yeah. So if you decide you're just going to talk to them and then you do some posts for a month and then you forget about it for six months there, it's not as a marketer, it's not your audience's job to remember you. It is your job to remind them. Yeah. So if you can build top of mind awareness somehow where they're hearing about you week in, week out, then you get into their long-term memory. And eventually when they are walking past the shelf or they finally have the chance, they're like, I've been meaning to order this online. One of those days it's going to, it's going to hit and they're going to take action. But you can't predict when that's going to happen. Your job is just to be there all the time until it happens. And so a key thing is not to try to bite off more than you can chew. Figure out what yeah. kind of audience size you can reach consistently year round rather mm-hmm. than trying to do a whole bunch of things. So that random, act, act, random acts of marketing means both doing it for a bit and then stopping, you know, start, stop. But it also means doing a whole bunch of different tactics a little bit each. So one of my favorite marketing authors is Roy Williams. He wrote um, Secret Formulas of the Wizard of Ads. Actually, it's a trilogy of Wizard of Ads books, but the Secret Formulas one is the the favorite. Okay. And he always said, is it better to reach 100% of the population and convince them 10% of the way? Or is it better to reach 10% of the population and convince them 100% of the way? Yeah. Obviously, it's the latter. So figure out what your 10% is and be consistent with them year round rather than doing a tiny bit of Facebook, a tiny bit of billboards, whatever, tiny bit of, you know, social media, a tiny bit of traditional media, a newspaper article, you know, because you're never going to reach the same person consistently. You're going to reach a whole bunch of people, but only once. And like I just said, you're going to not build top of mind awareness if they only hear about you once because they just don't care as much. It's not an emergency and it's not like a one-time only thing. They're not going to drop what they're doing and come by you. Mm-hmm. It's a brand and it's a, when you can work this into your life, please consider us. And then it's just a consistent little nudge. Yeah. I think that consistency is a good reminder. And I know sometimes with, with my own business, I've felt like, oh, I don't want to be annoying people by like sharing all the time or, you know, like sending a newsletter all the time. But it's, if you, I don't think people are getting annoyed. If they are, they can unfollow you, I suppose. But that's that's the thing. But you know what? We notice every one of the things we post, but they don't. They don't. Because they're, again, they're bombarded. Like 2,000 ad ad messages a day is on average what we see. Mm -hmm. Like you, I put this in my book, but... You know, you roll out of bed in the morning. You probably checked your email before you got out of bed and you saw all of those, you know, newsletters that you're on. That's marketing. And then you mm-hmm. roll out of bed and then you have a certain brand of coffee and then you see your toothpaste brand and your, you know, shampoo brand. And then by the time you drive to work, you've seen 15 billboards and you've seen, you know, all sorts of different stuff. And then you've listened to the radio and you like, there's just <laughs> so many ad messages. And so they aren't noticing yeah. it as much as you think. And yeah. If you're saying something that matters to them, then they actually want to hear it, right? Advertising and marketing isn't about twisting people's arm. It's about educating them on what you have to offer. And those who have a, who have a need for that or it's, it fits them, they're like, thank you. Now I know this. I'm going to take yeah. action on it. So, yeah. Exactly. And that's why it's 
important to identify those key people Mm -hmm. and then also have Mm -hmm. your tailored messaging. So then it's just kind of honing in further and further. That's, that's great. And I do want to mention just that same idea applies when it's reaching out to your suppliers, your grocery store managers, business development and relationship building has to be consistent too. So have a plan when you're doing those reach outs but then have a follow-up and follow-through plan. And I, a lot, I have a lot of my clients actually put it on their calendar as a standing appointment with themselves, that mm-hmm. business development time. Yeah. So that you start to keep a list of who have you reached out to, when did they say to follow up? If they didn't say to follow up or they never got back to you, how are you going to follow up in a different way? You know, that's the sales process, which we you know spend yeah. a lot of time coaching people on building for their own business. But mm-hmm. just keeping consistency in mind means those people that need to be hearing from you, they they need to be hearing from you more than just once. Right. In fact, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think only 5% of sales or 2% of sales happen on the first reach out, the first time that you contact oh, wow. somebody. For, uh, 48% of business owners and professionals don't follow up ever. Only 2% of sales are ever made on the first contact. So thinking about the people you're reaching out to, so your grocery store owners, your you know, suppliers, those kinds of things, and your you know, lenders, your, your investors, only 2% of sales are ever made on the first contact. 3% are made on the second contact. But over 80% of all sales you'll make will be between the fifth and the 12th contact. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's dedication. So, yeah. So when people get discouraged because they say, I'm not yeah. good at this or nobody wants my product. No, it's that yeah. there's lots of options out there. You need to build your relationships with them. You need to build top of mind awareness and consistency and know that that's yeah. part of the sales process. It takes time. So fifth to 12th. Yeah. And if you don't have a follow-up plan, then you're, you're leaving eight, 98% of the opportunities on the table simply by not following up. For sure. Wow. That's amazing. And Mm -hmm. it's also, I could see um, the importance of regular follow-ups for certain relationships, just so that it's, it's not like you're always contacting them in a crisis. It's like, exactly. Or needing something from them like right now. Well, it's building and nurturing your relationships. It's nurturing your relationships. So if you have business relationships already and partnerships, then Mm -hmm how are you staying in touch with them? And like you're saying, I don't want to bug people, but it's not Mm -hmm. unreasonable to have a touch base once a month. And it doesn't always have to be a big phone call, big meeting. It could be a, here's an article that I thought you might enjoy, or how are things going? Or, um, you know, if it's somebody that's a stakeholder in your business, you know, updating them on your sales and your successes and your wins for the month, you know? So building some follow-up with your existing relationships is important too. And it just, you know, the, the type of follow-up and how often it depends on the relationship itself, what's appropriate, but yeah, yeah, don't forget about them and take them for granted until you need something. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's been a great little, um, preface to the exercise that we're going to do in part two with Grace, Mm -hmm. um, from Nutri Meals. Mm -hmm. But um, just for to round out our session and lighten it up for some fun, I want to mm-hmm. ask you if you have a current um, like food discovery or 
product or recipe that you're currently really loving? I just love food so much. Like I just, I love food. (laughs) I think the thing that's made me happiest lately is just, I have this banana bread recipe that my mom used to make. And I just, it's a photocopy from an old cookbook and we, we make it every month or so, but we just hadn't in quite a while. And I realized I'd like 20 bananas in my fridge. So I think, (laughs) yeah, I just was really happy or in my freezer, not my fridge. That would be gross. Yeah. 20 bananas in my freezer. And I, and I broke out like a bunch of them and we made multiple batches. And, uh, and so that would be a thing. And yeah, yeah. I, you know, SAS made marketplace. I just love going to, because I'll just find a little something that's There's different. Something you know, cool we had a little tube, like Tubi's honey recently that it's just, oh, it's got cinnamon in it. You know, it's just a little change and it's a little treat for toast. Yeah. So I think those are the yeah. couple of, couple of things that pop to mind for, for food lately. I love it. <laughs> Nothing like yeah. a, a nice warm, fresh loaf of banana bread on a January oh, day too. So it's the, yeah, the best. Amazing. I honestly, if you give me, if I had to pick one thing I had to eat for the rest of my life, if I had to pick one, it might be that. Also, I'm pretty sure I mostly wow. grew my second child on banana bread. Cause that's what I could stomach <laughs> at the time. He was a really large baby. And I'm pretty sure that the banana bread had something to do with it. <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. Um, and then the second question is, do you have uh, like a quick little work-life hack or resource that you're finding useful right mm. now? Yeah. So one of my favorite tools is actually the Mel Robbins five-second journal. And it is Ooh. like a daily journal. So we have, we use Asana, which is a project management software for my actual internal team all of our tasks, yeah. our repeating tasks, our communication, our projects are in there. But I yeah. still like that paper thing mm-hmm. that, you know, so Mel Robbins five second journal every day. I have it in front of me now. Every day on like the left page, it's got, you know, how do you feel today? Why is that kind of thing? Um, what's my top project for the day? So you write down the main thing you have to get done because it's easy to get busy with the weed, like in the weeds and oh, then forget gosh, that there was one major thing. And yeah. then it asks just a couple of things, you know, other things like other thoughts, why this project matters to me, the today I'll stop working at, what time you'll actually stop working for the day. Oh, I need to get one of these. Yeah. Well, cause then it focuses you. It goes, what's your main project you have to mm. work on? Why is this important? And then on the right, it's just the day plan. So it's got the hourly calendar. And then I fill in my appointments and my meetings for the day. And then between those appointments is where I put my tasks. And it forces me to write down only as many tasks as I actually could like realistically get done between meetings. Because if you just have an ongoing to-do list, then you always feel defeated because it's you never get to the end of it. And you think you can do more. It's that time optimism, I think it's called, where you think you have way more time than you do and you think that things will go faster than they do. And so I used to just have the to-do list and then I'd feel defeated because I never got it done. But having this uh, five-second journal, I only write down tasks between the appointments and then you're more realistic. Like, well, you've got six meetings today. I don't try to do that, but (laughs) say even if I had four meetings, then there's only 45 minutes between. Realistically, could I get one or two tasks done? That's all I'd write down. Yeah. You're probably not also going to get your month end bookkeeping done. No, (laughs) no. And that's delegating is another big deal. Yes. Business owners. 
you shouldn't be doing all of that yourself. Eventually you should be delegating some of those things, but yes, exactly. You're not going to do your bookkeeping in that little 45 minute window between calls, but if you just had a round big to-do list, it would just be staring at you. So it would just work there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the little, that's the business Mm -hmm. tool that I, I'm a big fan of. Oh, that's great. I, I have been hearing about the five minute journal and I honestly didn't know that that's what it was. So I feel like that would be super useful yeah. for me. So I'm going to yeah. check I it out. I think there's a five minute one, but this is a five second one. And the name comes from, I think she, like Mel Robbins was overwhelmed and, and she would just like not motivated to do anything. And she would just count down backwards from five, like five, four, three, two, one, almost like picturing a rocket ship taking off and it changes your thinking mm. and you just get up and do the thing. It's like a mental life okay. kind of thing. So that's where the name comes from is what I'm, I'm understanding. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, thank you, Daria. Yeah. Um, I just always find your presentations and conversations give a lot of clarity and good way to frame the steps to, to what you're trying to get done. So yeah. Um, Thank you for joining us. I know after the sessions you've done in the past with some of our founders, um, they've reached out to continue working with you. So Mm -hmm. do you want to just share quickly a little more about your Rethink Marketing Program online course and any other resources people can tap into? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we work together in these groups, but then often people will want their own support and they'll want more guidance and time working through the steps. And so the Rethink Marketing Program mm-hmm. is my my main kind of self-directed. It's an online course, but we actually just relaunched Rethink Marketing Accelerated where you actually you get the eight modules and the, all the work and the extra resources, but then you actually get a one-hour private coaching call with me partway through the program as oh, well as a, like a Q&A yeah. at the end to make sure that everything's been clarified, you've, you know, because as you're working through you, you know, it's nice to have the feedback. Okay. These are the target audiences I've chosen. This is how I built my messaging. And then I can actually spend that time making sure that the messaging is as concise and effective as possible with you before you move into tactics. So rethink marketing actually takes you through all four steps. Plus, so you've got your target audiences, your messaging, but then it gets into where are you going to find them? Where should you be spending time? What should you be doing online and off to actually be connecting with the right people? And then it even walks you through like a social media calendar and the types of posts that you could do. So it goes, it does go all the way to tactics, but it makes sure you've got those strategic foundations built first. And then of course, um, my private coaching program is also uh, popular. Sometimes people say just, I just want you on my team with direct feedback, just tell me what to do. I've done lots of courses and I don't want to do any more (laughs) self-directed stuff. Just tell me what to do because there's a lot of things out there. My friends are doing different things. What should I do? And then there's that heightened level of accountability because we meet every single month. Um, So both of those are, you know, on boostcoaching.ca and uh, rethink marketing is, is one of the pages and it's all, all the details are there. And follow Daria on social media because mm-hmm. I also love the content that you share on there. So thank you. Yeah, I try to do a little t- video tip every week. So um, those are all free yeah. resources online too. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Thank you. Um, okay, everyone, that concludes the part one of our first episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to check back for part two where Daria is going to actually 
walk through a real-life exercise with one of our awesome members, Grace Clark, who is the owner of Nutrimeals out of Calgary, Alberta. And hopefully you'll find that interesting to follow along with and the with the process and take what you learn and apply it to your own business. So thanks again and enjoy the rest of your week. The Awesome Program is an initiative of the Saskatchewan Food Centre. It's funded by Prairie's Economic Development Canada through the Women Entrepreneurship Strategy Ecosystem Fund. We are here to support women-owned food businesses through education, advising, and industry connections. Although we're based in Saskatoon, we serve members in Manitoba, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. For more info, visit the show notes or head to our website at beawesome.ca.